Turn around, grab your Bible, and remain standing. All right. Well, we will be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 13 tonight. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 13. And if you didn't get, there is a new note sheet for tonight. Um, and it does say Sunday evening on the top. There, It looks very similar to the one from this morning. And so if you do not have the one that says Sunday evening, if you could slip your hand up and one of the ushers will get one to you. Oh, just one over here. All right, it looks like most everyone got one. And so I'm going to do a little bit of review from this morning to start out. And we're going to start out with the same uh, main text, and then we'll, we'll go from there. And um, so if you were, were not in here this morning, I'm going to review some of this morning. We're going to do a series on uh, these six growth points for the Christian life. And so uh, we did point one and two this morning. We did, uh, or, and we're going to do three and four tonight, and then five and six on Wednesday night. And so if you're there in First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 13, I also have it on the screen, but my font has a, is a little small. So First uh, Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 13, the Bible says, For this cause also we thank God without ceasing, because when you received, received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the world word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just thank you for this night that we can come to church, Lord, and worship you, Lord. I thank you that we are uh, allowed to uh, assemble, Lord, and Lord, I just, uh, I just thank you for that, Lord, and Lord, I just pray that you'll uh, bless the message tonight, Lord, that it'll go out clearly, that we'll each learn something new from the Word of God tonight. Lord, I pray also that we'll just, uh, if there's anybody here that isn't saved, that they will they will be saved tonight, Lord, in uh, your Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right, you can go ahead and be seated. So just by way of review, if you have your your Sunday school sheet from this morning, I'm going to go. I'm going to go over that um, fairly, fairly quickly. The introduction at the top of tonight's sheet, as well, is the is the is identical to Sunday schools, and then our growth points um, further down are different. So if you missed any blanks, um, now's your chance. And so first, so first we looked at if you weren't in here, how working it growing your relationship with christ is a lot like growing a garden and i i was kind of an inattentive gardener i wouldn't always put in the work i would always i would put in the work the first day and just kind of let it go and my garden did not look like these or a lot of other people's uh people in this church that have gardens that um would have a lot of yield because they were doing the work they were doing the work like doing the soil preparation, the planting, the fertilizing, the weeding, the watering, and the harvesting. They were putting in the work that's required in order to have a beautiful garden or, and to have a garden that ha produces a lot, of, a lot of food. And so I don't grow most of my food like most of us in here, I would, I would guess. So I end up mostly in the grocery store. And a lot of Christians want a grocery store Christianity. They don't want to put in. They don't want to put in the work to build their relationship with Christ. They want 
things right away and easy. And it's not, it's not like that because we need to have that relationship with Jesus Christ and to know him in order to enjoy all of his blessings. And so we, letter A under the introduction, we want quick blessings in the Christian life. We want quick blessings in the Christian life. We want the fruit of the Spirit immediately. We don't want an effort or a struggle. We don't want to take the time to build that relationship with Jesus Christ. We're an, in, we're, uh, an impatient people. We want things to happen right away. We don't want to wait. And, sometime, and with a lot of things, <clears throat> the Lord's timing is not the timing that we want. And uh, even with things like, like our Glencoe project with the church building, that's an example of something that the Lord's timing is not the timing that we want. You know, I think in here, if we had it our way, we would be meeting in that building right now. But that's just not the Lord's timing. The Lord is, uh, is having us wait, and we don't, we don't know why, um, but we know that, that it'll work together. It'll work for, uh, for good in his will. Also, um, notice that this is a relationship with Jesus, and it's not something that, that's instant. You know, when you, when you uh, plant a garden, when you're growing fruits and vegetables, you kind of, you have a, a working relationship with that garden. You're going out and working on it. You can't just leave it and let it go. Otherwise, you're not going to yield very much. You're going to have uh, a, patch of, a patch of weeds. And just like that garden, faith grows with intention and attention. Letter C there, um, on the, under introduction on both of them. As God works in you, he desires that you have fruit from your life, that you see other people saved as a result of your, as your, of your testimony. And, our, and our, faith, uh, our faith should grow over time as we build that relationship with Jesus Christ, as we know him better um, through, through uh, these, these different ways. Um, and that are these, these growth points that we're going to go over the next, uh, the next few services. And James 2.18 says, Yea, a man say, Thou hast faith, I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by thy works. So our works are not in order to gain, to gain salvation. It's because of our salvation, because of the free gift that Jesus Christ has given us, and our faith in him and our relationship with him, that we should desire to do these, these good works, these good works for him. And so notice, and this is on, still on the Sunday school sheet, growth point number one. Oh, Growth, growth point number one, communication from the word of God. Communication from the word of God. And so um, we looked over uh, <clears throat> this passage in Romans chapter 10, verse number, verses number 14 through 17. For sake of time, I'm just going to read the, the, last, the last little bit there. Um, the Bible, uh, in verse number 17, the Bible says, For, So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing. By the word of God. Um, earlier in this verse, it asked the question, how shall they call on him of whom they have not believed? How shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? So this, this, this passage is often used for missions. We often focus on this, on this passage during the time of missions conference because we need to send out missionaries so that people can in, in faraway places can hear the gospel and so that they can be saved. But also in our own lives, we need to have the word of God plentifully in our, in our own life so that we can, so that we can grow in, in, order, in order that we can 
grow in that we can learn, we can get to know our Savior even better, and we can grow in him. Um, also, in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, uh, we, we read that again, but it, it, the last part of the verse says, uh, but this is the truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So we have the living word of God. We come, we come to get com- to church to get communication from the word of God. We get preaching from the word of God that works in us that believe, and it's from the living word of God. It's we're going to learn not from any just any book, but an inspired living word. And First uh, Peter two two says, "As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby." And so, God God ordained this method of of preaching that that His truths would be communicated in that way from the Word of God. Um, letter A under Growth Point One is God's Word is alive with infinite truth, and hearing it ta- taught will make it come alive to you. And hearing truth will change your life as nothing else will. And then letter B. Do everything you can do to fill your life with the word of God. And letter C. This will be with a Bible-believing pastor in a healthy church family where you can regularly hear God's word presented with doctrinal purity and practical clarity. You know, we've got to have both of those things. Because if, if a church has great doctrine, but it's so in-depth and so... Um, and so out of reach to understand, we're not going to gain anything from it unless we have that practical clarity. But if we have only have practical clarity and not doctrinal purity, if the doctrine is not coming from the word of God, it's just coming from man's wisdom, then you really just have a TED talk. You don't have a, you, you don't have a Bible message at all. And so you just have something that, that might be helpful, but it doesn't come from the word of God. And so it, it doesn't have a place in the in the in the church for that and so notice growth point number two growth point number two so we have communication from the word of god and then a community of believers a community of believers acts two forty two says and they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and in fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers and so we are to we are to meet as a church we are to um we are to be together as a church to have that community and notice the early church did more than make converts they also made disciples uh, underlined there in that a very familiar passage of matthew 28 the bible says teaching them to observe all things whatsoever i have commanded you you know it's a it's a great thing to win win people to the lord and that is something that we should we should be all about but we've also we can't just Say we can't just stop there. We, we have to also be there and be there to disciple people so that they can grow in their faith as well. Um, also, uh, under letter B, the, the church had fellowship. They were very close together. They had things in common. They were giving to one another in the local church. And then the importance of the, of the church assembling under that last heading on the Sunday School page. And notice under the church assembling, the early Christians were interdependent together and dependent 
upon Jesus. And so they were, inter they were interdependent on one another. We, the church, we need one another in order to, to, grow, in our, to grow in our faith. You know, we, uh, it's not good to be, to be off on our own as Christians and not have that local church body to come back to. You know, like in a garden, I, when, I, when I plant a garden, we plant in a raised bed in one section of the yard where it's tilled and where the soil is good and where all of the light kinds of plants are all together. I don't spread them across the lawn because the best pr place for those seedlings to grow is in that tilled patch of dirt, not across the lawn where there's all kinds of, all kinds of uh, people and dogs and um, stuff going over that are trampling things down. No, there should be in a special a, spe a special place set apart and, uh, and, and the best place where they can grow. Notice that real Christianity also is not a solo journey. And also, this local church, Jesus said it's the one thing that will cause the world to believe the gospel. By this shall all men know that you are my, you are my disciples if you have one, love one to another. And so these two things, the communication from the word of God and the community of believers, those are things that really the devil just uh, attacks, attacks constantly with, with different things. There's these philosophies that, you know, you don't have to go to church, you don't have to listen to preaching because there's, and people will say, well, I don't, I don't go to church. They'll almost spiritualize it and say, I don't go to church because all churches are corrupt all churches have problems but they forget that jesus christ himself was the one that gave us the church and they'll just say well i can just go off by myself and have my time alone with the lord and while that's a while that's a good thing you can't replace you can't replace a local new testament church with that that's a good time to a good way to do your devotions but you can't replace the local church with that and also the assembly of the local church that has been uh, attacked in, uh, in several ways the past few years, and many, many people don't find it, uh, that would, would call themselves Christian, don't find it necessary to, to go to church, to have that church attendance. They just don't find it, necess find it necessary <clears throat> be because this, uh, this convenient Christianity of maybe going to church one hour a week has really, has really set in, and how do we expect to grow our relationship with Jesus in just an hour a week? Notice uh, next, uh, growth point number three. This is on, on the, the new page tonight. Communication with Jesus. Communication with Jesus. Growth point number three. And again, those uh, introduction links, those were um, at the very beginning. If you miss any... Um, I can, I can uh, get them from you, for you later. But growth point number three, communication with Jesus. And uh, Psalms 1, 2 through 3 says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season, and his leaf also shall not wither. And whithersoever he doeth shall prosper. And then Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and will open the door, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. 
So <clears throat> this picture in the, the second verse there in Revelation of Jesus standing at the door, we often think of this as this verse as the, the unsaved person and because they, they do not have Jesus Christ in their heart. They haven't asked him in to be their savior. But so often, Pete, what, what, the, what the Christian will do is we will, we will ask Jesus to be our savior. We'll ask him to, to save us, and we'll have that time maybe in our early part of our Christian life where, we, where we're like, okay, uh, take what you will of my life, and it's, it's all yours. But then slowly we kind of we start shutting, shutting doors to the rooms. Maybe we start with the, a back room of our heart. We're like, well, Jesus, you can have all of my life except for, except for that. And then just keep to, seem, to keep, seem to keep shutting doors until Jesus is, uh, you, you haven't lost your salvation, but Jesus is all the way back outside again. And you're saying, I just want to do what I want to do. And I, I'm not going to give you any of my life. Where, um, and I read about this English, this English artist who painted this concept on campus in canvas. But I, and I, I don't really usually like um, these kinds of artistic things. I don't think when people paint Jesus generally, they really, they really get it right, and they really don't know what he really looked like, and sometimes it can give the wrong idea. But when he painted this picture, he, there was something very important missing that his friends all pointed out when he showed it to his, when he showed it to his friends. This artist's name was Holloman Hunt, and he painted this picture in the early 1800s. And when he, when he painted it, this is the picture. It's kind of hard to see on the screen, but right, right away his friends pointed out that there is no handle on the door. And when they pointed that out, he said, well, it's the door represents the human heart. The handle is only on the inside. Jesus will, <clears throat> will move heaven and earth, and he does, did extraordinary things to offer us salvation. And, but Jesus will only come to the door. You have to accept that gift and let, and let him in. And also for him to, you have to continually, you have to continually let him into your life in order to have his benefits, in order to grow in your Christian life. Now, notice next that the delight of God's man is in the law of the Lord. The delight of God's man is, is in the law of the Lord. Some people think that they can just kind of get their lives cleaned up Public, uh, publicly what people can see of their life, but they want to leave parts of their life and not, and not give those over to God. But if, if you are to delight in the law of the Lord, you've got to have that relationship with Jesus where that relationship is, is, so, is so important that you can delight in the law of the Lord and you can't have things sectioned off that you're not, you're not giving over to God. You have to give everything over to God. Or that picture of the doors, you can't, have, you can't have doors shut off to back rooms. You have to allow Jesus free reign of the, of the house. So in other words, his delight is in, is in the law of the Lord. In other words, he finds joy in the word of God. And the Bible is a thrilling book and not, not a burden. 
It's not boring. And he has a delight to study the word of God. And blessed is the man or happy is the man whose delight is in the word of God. Now, the word of God makes it very clear that for the this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not are not grievous. And so keeping his commandments are easy when we have a relation that relationship with Jesus Christ. And but if we don't have that relationship that we're maintaining with Jesus Christ, pretty soon his commandments start to seem they start to become a burden of well I have to do this, I have to go to church instead of I get to go to church and I get to learn more about my Savior, it can become the opposite. Now notice uh, letter B, that liberty is not a license. Liberty is not a a license. And so in the Christian life, liberty is something that um, people will will take the wrong direction very very quickly. And when we're saved, we we have liberty. And when we're uh, talking about our relationship with Jesus Christ, our communication with Jesus Christ, um, liberty is a, is, a, is a big thing. If you think of it like a relationship, say um, as a couple, say uh, there's a man and wife and their partner, you have the right to go out and hang out with your friends without your, without your spouse every night. But you... You, should, you shouldn't do that because your relationship with your spouse is more important than that. You know, our relationship with, with uh, Jesus Christ is so important that we should put it before other things. We have the liberty, but it's not the license. You know, we don't have to keep the Ten Commandments when we're saved. We don't lose our salvation if we break a commandment. But because of our love for Jesus Christ, we ought to... Uh, it, it shows our it shows our picture of how we don't measure we don't measure up to be saved because of our love for Jesus Christ we should desire to grow and to become and to and to follow His law. And so you have to come to God by faith, and after faith, you then live on a higher on a higher plane. We have we are to have in our lives the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness faithfulness, meekness, self-control. And we're to have this, this, this discipline and to follow Jesus. And when we follow Jesus, we get, to, we get to be guided by grace. We get to be guided by grace, which is that next blank there. There it is. And so the first two points we looked at this morning... They're about this external support for our faith. This, um, when we go to church and we hear preaching, that's a, a way that we are, it's, it's external. It's not, it's not with, within us. And also when we're, when we're at church, when we have that community of believers, that's also external. But also um, in, uh, in, within our own heart, having that relationship, building that relationship with Jesus we, we have to have that as well. And this communication with Jesus, a big part of that is prayer. And that prayer is letter A, our one-on-one time with, between you and Jesus. This one-on-one time between you and Jesus. This is this time that you have to for your personal prayer and Bible study. 
that can be so easily neglected. This is the time of you opening, opening your Bible, opening your heart, and letting God's word talk to you, and you spending that time talking to God. And, you know, as, as um, going back to, to earlier, you, it, it, if you want to do this out in nature, that is, that is just fine. But wherever you can go to just be alone, get alone with God and have that personal time of, of Bible study and, and prayer with him, that time is very, is very, very important to have that one-on-one time between you and Jesus. And it's very essential for, um, for growing our faith. Notice letter B. Staying close to Jesus is a personal choice. It's a personal choice. You know, uh, taking that time each day and um, week after week, month after month, you know, you're maybe if, as a kid, maybe that was something you would, uh, your family had had set aside time for, but as an adult, nobody forces you to make that time. That's a completely, that's a completely personal choice. And a lot of the time, nobody will know if you, if you take that time. You know, maybe there's, there's pressure to come to go to church because other people will see you there, but, uh, but that's, but with your, your time of Bible reading and prayer, if you're alone with God, nobody, no other person is seeing you is seeing you do this. It is a it's a personal choice to have that time, and it should be a have to and not a want to. Now, it can be easy with this though to get stuck into systematic ruts. You don't want to get stuck in these ruts. In these ruts, there's a lot of great tools out there to help us learn the Bible and help to um, make that, that time of Bible reading and personal Bible study even easier with study guides and all of these great resources. But we don't want it to just be that another box that we check. You know, we should be uh, actively trying to, you know, look for something from the Word of God that we can, that we can learn from and asking God to teach us something new from the Word, from the word of God. Again, we have a living Word. We don't have just a, we, we have a word that you can learn a new thing from each and every time that you approach it, approach, approach a particular passage. And so when was the last time you came away from reading the Bible having learned something new? Or has it been a while since you've, you've learned something new from the, from the word of God? I challenge you to take, take time this week and, and pray to God to, to reveal something new to you from his word. And then search the scripture and look for something new that you can learn from the word of God. Don't let it get stale. Don't get stuck in systematic ruts in your relationship with Jesus Christ, in that communication with Jesus Christ. Notice growth point number four tonight. So we have our, our community of, of believers. We have a communication with, with Jesus Christ. And then uh, letter number four, we have cataclysmic events cataclysmic events so this is uh, going back to this is both internal and and external but this is how you deal with these cataclysmic events in your in your own heart Romans 8:28 says 
And we know that all things work together for for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Um, One preacher called this verse the soft pillow for the Christian to lay his head on. When everything else is, is just going terribly, we can, as Christians, we can rest our heads on this verse and realize that things work together for good to them that are called according to his purpose, for them that love God. And, you know, and going back to cataclysmic events, when terrible things come into our lives, people really seems to be a surge one way or the other. Either people, uh, people will completely draw away from God or it'll be something that'll grow a person even closer to God. And for example, after, uh, and this is uh, really an illustration that's out of my realm since I was five years old when this happened, but during the, uh, after the 9-11 attacks, church, church attendance spiked briefly in the U.S. because people felt, people felt scared. They wanted something, um, something comforting, so they went back to, ch- they went, they went to, to church to find that comfort. And, um, but there are times where there are people where they have, where they go through cataclysmic events and it will, um, it, they will, instead of trusting God with it, they'll do the opposite, and they'll try to find something else to trust in. And a good example of that is the Israelites when they built the golden calf. When, in when, and uh, so often I will kind of be reading through and the Exodus and Judges and that portion of the Bible and just be thinking, you know. These, these sinful Israelites, they're just doing, they're just always rebelling against God. But, you know, that's really easy for me to, for me to say sitting in my, in my, uh, in my nice home or in my, in my comfy office and saying, oh, these, these terrible people rebelling against God and not having just left my home and everything behind and wandering into a wilderness and not knowing what's going to happen. You know, they had been through in their life, they had been through cataclysmic events, they had seen God do amazing things, but everything was complete chaos to, to them. They, didn't, they couldn't see the whole picture like we can reading the word of God. And so what they decided to do is to, to, to say, well, well, God, the, our God isn't working fast enough for us, so we're going to go ahead and just build this golden calf and worship it and hope that things go better with that. And so they, this cataclysmic event, it drew them away from, it, it, it took them away from God, or they allowed it to take them away from God. I've heard this verse in Romans 8.28 translated this way, but we know with divine knowledge that for those who love God, all things are working together for good, even to them who are called according to his purpose. And so we know that all of these these bad things come into our life as believers, we can trust in God. We don't have to be like the Israelites, and that's written for our example. We don't we shouldn't be like them and turn to serving something else, turn to serving um, some some other God. And in the United States, the the some other God is usually ourselves. Um, our idol. We don't. Uh, we're not a culture where it's common to worship 
uh, golden statues, but we are a culture where it's very, very common to worship ourselves. And so a lot of people will leave their faith in Jesus Christ to worship themselves. And so also I wanted to, let's First uh, John 4, 10 through 16 Um, If you want to follow along with me on the screen, the Bible says, Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and that he in us because he hath given us his spirit and we have seen and do testify that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world whosoever shall confess that jesus christ is the son of god dwelleth in him and he in god and we we have known and believed that the love of god hath hath to us god is love and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in god and god in him so you're going to have difficulty um, believing that God loves you and being at odds with, with fellow believers. That relationship with God is important, but we also have to have that good relation, a good relationship with other believers. So when we're going through these cataclysmic events, our relationships with other, with other believers are very important. And so notice also, oh, I did not put this verse in here. Um, when Joseph in the Old Testament, Old Testament Joseph, when he went through all of the events of his life, he could look back over his life in uh, Genesis fifty twenty and say, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. You know, it was really important at the end of that verse that Joseph mended those relationships with, with his brothers and he could look back in his life and see uh, how God had worked things out for good in his life. And we can also trust in the sovereignty of God. We don't always know how, what, what is going on. And, you know, some people, they get the opportunity, like Joseph, to look back on their life and see how God worked things out. And we can see those in smaller ways a lot of the time. We can see situations where God, where, uh, God worked, and we, it was not a way that we had expected. And, but we should have this trust in God. In, in Job, Job says in Job thirteen fifteen, it says, though, though they slay me, yet will I trust him. So we should have, we should have a trust in God and God's sovereignty. And notice letter A under this section. Real Christianity isn't a problem-free life. It's a promise-filled life. Real Christianity isn't a problem-free life. It's a promise-filled life. You know, after you get saved, your problems don't all go away. You still will, there will still be problems in your life. But now in your life, you have the promises of God. You have the promise of a home in heaven. And so those problems will still, will still be there. But you have your Savior. You have your relationship with Jesus Christ also 
that you can you can go to him in prayer and have that time in in his word and in prayer to uh kind of as a as a as a time of calm and a time to also learn from his word and to gain instruction about what you should do in in these certain situations and we're still looking at cataclysmic events when these bad things happen we've got to have that relationship with jesus christ to turn to and that should be what we should turn to rather rather than turning uh to other to other sources we should our first reaction should be to turn to jesus christ and also we shouldn't only have that relationship maintain that relationship with christ when we when we're going through uh these cataclysmic events you know a lot of people just kind of treat the church like their like their emergency room you know if they they will come to church but only if things are going really really bad in their life it's kind of a last resort <clears throat> but we should be always if if we have that strong relationship with christ if we're always building that relationship with christ then we we should <clears throat> then these problems will not be so bad because we already have that relationship with christ you know we can always come to god in in times of trouble but we also should be should be serving him we also should be already building that relationship with christ even in the good times we shouldn't just save that just for the bad times it's not a just in case kind of thing it's an all the time um that we should be we should be having that communication with jesus letter b the question is will you allow cataclysmic events to flatten you or fortify you will you allow cataclysmic events to flatten you or fortify you now will you see these events that happen in your life through um through eyes of distress or will you um pray and ask god to show you and to to ask god for to for faith really to get you through that situation you know god is not always going to give us answers of why things happen the way that they do and they also give us an opportunity to learn more about who Jesus Christ is and so a typical response when bad things happen is to immediately pray and ask God to get us out of that situation and that is that is a val uh, a a prayer that we can pray in many situations but the the funny thing about the sovereignty of God is that he you know he doesn't always get us out of bad situations when we pray a lot of times when we pray to God his answer is either no or not right now and we have to we have to wait we have to wait on his timing you know in in uh Joseph's life there were many times where he wanted God to get him out of a get him out of a situation and as we as we move through that story of his life there's many years where Joseph is in bad situations and i'm sure he prayed to god multiple times and asked god to get me out but it wasn't till his end of his life that he could see that all of the things that god had done all were for a reason now the next time you face a terrible situation in your life we should pray and ask god what what god is teaching us through that situation and rather than just immediately praying that for god to get a, for 
God to asking God to get us out. And this is something that is is really really hard to do. And so and and again once we when we go into the situations we want to continue to rely on Jesus Christ. We don't want to turn to to other things. We want to have that relationship and it's a whole lot easier to do that when you've already maintained your relationship with Christ. You know in and we can also when you're living the Christian life there's there's some some of the events that can come into your life when you're following God's word and you're doing what you're what you're supposed to do some of the some of the cataclysmic events that the world faces will will not come into your life just because of your obedience to Jesus Christ um things like you know if you are if you are not are not drinking alcohol you've got a whole bunch of of things of of harms that can be avoided just by just by following just by following the bible in that way and and so uh letter c letter c in most cataclysmic events god is doing a work in you and through you the question is will you choose to see these events through eyes of faith and hope. Will you choose to see these events through eyes of faith and hope? And you know, this is where the Christian is different from any from anybody else. When something bad comes into the Christian's life, we can we can look through that with faith and hope because we serve a sovereign God. And you know, I remember in in high school studying the um, the Greek and Roman gods in mythology, and really in that in the way that that religion was, it really just seemed like the Greek and Roman gods were really just playing games with with humanity. And um, looking back, what a sad what a sad thing to believe in, really, that they're just really just just playing games with them and there's not really like a real purpose to the whole thing it's just um all of these gods playing these uh these pointless games with humanity but we serve a god that cares for us and so when we go through these bad things we can remember that we we can have faith and hope in our god and that should be our reaction when we have that relationship with him so at this time, let's go ahead and, and stand, and um, we've gone through the next couple points, and then on Wednesday night, we'll go through points numbers four and five, <clears throat> and um, learn even more on these points for, for Christian growth. So tonight, how is your communication with Jesus? And then how will you react when cataclysmic events come into your life? Will you run to Jesus, or will you run to something else? And so let's go ahead and have a word of prayer, and then we'll sing a, a verse of invitation. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just thank you for this day, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will just have your hand on this invitation. Lord, I just pray that if there's someone here that's not saved, that they'll get that taken care of. Lord, I pray that we'll just be a church that are, are in our Bibles, that are praying, Lord, that are, we're communicating with you, Lord. I pray that we have that we can have that relationship with you, that close relationship. And Lord, I pray when, that when 
um, bad things come into our life, when these uh, big bad events ha come into our lives, Lord, I pray that we'll that we will turn to you, Lord, that we will <clears throat> that we will rely on you and have faith and hope in you, Lord, in your Son Jesus Christ's name, Amen. All right, you can go ahead and look.